Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, February 14th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the mayor of Jackson continues to push back against legislative efforts to reduce the elected officials' role in many of the city's functions. Then, a Mississippi nonprofit is gearing up for a new telehealth campaign to advance reproductive care. Plus, there's more than one way to give your heart away this Valentine's Day. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The mayor of Jackson is saying he will fight to the bitter end legislation targeting the city and the autonomy of its elected officials. Some of the bills working through Mississippi's predominantly Republican legislature would place the state in charge of the city's troubled water system, and nearly a billion dollars of federal funding is on the table. Others would give the and give and expand the capital complex improvement district and create a special judicial jurisdiction with appointed judges and prosecutors the latter was authored by representative Trey Lamar of Senatobia during floor debate on the bill he claimed he had attempted to contact the mayor for input, but received no response. Jackson Mayor Shokwe Antar Lamumba says he is always available to speak with lawmakers. I know that as we've been talking about the expansion of CCID, uh, we've been pushing back on that legislation and other legislation. Uh, I know that there have been representatives that have spoken to the media and said that uh, the mayor, I don't have the mayor's number, right? Uh, speaking of Representative uh, Trey uh, Lamar, that he doesn't have my number, uh, or saying that the mayor doesn't take calls. First and foremost, uh, my team, much to their chagrin, will share with you that I am one of the more accessible mayors that we've ever had. I give my number to residents each and every day. And so it's not difficult to find me. Uh, you can figure out where I am most days between 9 and 5 here at City Hall. Uh, certainly, if, if you want to show up or call uh, and you're a state representative, uh, it wouldn't be difficult to, to you know, establish communication. Uh, but I will say that I am accessible, and, and, and so I think that that is a disingenuous representation, that I am unavailable. Lumumba characterizes these bills as a tax on a majority black city by a majority white legislature. He has recently drawn a parallel to apartheid. 
LaMama suggests those in the legislature pushing such bills do not find value in who the residents of Jackson elect to serve them. Uh, it simply means that, that, you know, my feedback as mayor of the city of Jackson just wasn't valuable enough for you to talk to me. Uh, just as he suggested uh, when he talked about the reason why he thought that judges should be appointed within this district and within our city uh, rather than elected, as he said, well, we want to get the best and the brightest. That statement represents that we're just not smart enough, we're not aware enough of what we need and what our concerns are. Uh, and so that's more consistent with why he didn't call me than any inability or lack of accessibility uh, on my behalf. Some bills that concerned the city of Jackson were blocked in the legislature, including one that would have allowed state leaders to unseat a local elected official. Coming up, a Mississippi nonprofit is gearing up for a new telehealth campaign to advance reproductive care. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. A Mississippi-based nonprofit is not letting the recent overturning of Roe v. Wade stop its outreach work. The mission of Converge Access Partners is to connect the state's residents with reproductive health care, however they need it. More than six months have passed since the Dobbs decision, and access to abortion procedures in the state has essentially vanished. Converge and its network of clinics are expanding their ways of offering reproductive care. Detoria Hunter is Vice President of Internal Affairs with Converge. She shares more with our Lacey Alexander. We really just wanted to focus on making sure that clinics within our Title X network, so we have lots of different clinical partners, school-based clinics, nonprofit clinics, and federally qualified health centers, that are in our clinical network. We have 27 clinics as of now. Uh, We just want to make sure that they were prepared with the resources that they needed um, to respond to kind of the shortage of access to care in the state of Mississippi. What is, you know, the priority right now, and has that priority changed since the Dobbs decision? So we definitely want to make sure that people have access to reproductive health care services. So um, at the late spring and the beginning of the summer, we are planning to launch a telehealth initiative so Mississippians can receive this services through telehealth. So we are creating a platform um, for telehealth services so people can see providers uh, via a phone or a tablet, um, and they will be able to seek these services for contraceptives. Um, Also, we have a website that is specifically uh, designed for patients. It's called Personally, um, and it's personally.care, where patients can go on and, you know, get the background research on insurance, 
um, on different types of methods, but also we design a clinic finder uh, so that patients can um, not only figure out a location of a clinic that's near them, but also they can find uh, clinics based off of their preferences, whether it be obtaining a visit the same day or receiving a contraceptive method the same day, whether they want um, to maybe I don't know, go to a neighboring city um, and seek services. So this clinic locator um, has different key indicators that, uh, or filters, shall I say, that people can filter out um, their preferences and then find a clinic to receive these services. And all of our Title X uh, clinics that are in our network um, are on this clinic finder. And elaborate a little bit. I know this may sound like an obvious question, but just to educate everyone, when you say reproductive health services or resources, what kind of services or resources are we talking about here? Yeah, so STI testing, um, people can get a wellness visit, so a pap smear. Um, also, they can have get access to different contraceptive methods. Uh, different treatments with infertility. Um, so it really just depends on the clinic, uh, depending on the services that are available. Um, but our clinics offer even emergency contraceptives. Um, so there are a lot of different resources. It's just based on that um, particular clinic. So if people do visit personally.care, um, they can find the clinic and actually see the services as well as the contact information for that clinic. When the Dobbs decision was finalized, did you guys kind of have to change how you operated at all? I wouldn't say that we changed how we operated. Um, However, I think we wanted to create um, less barriers um, to how people would receive services. And so, um, you know, by creating different projects and initiatives, we wanted to make sure that we communicated the message very well, that people still could access certain types of uh, reproductive health care in the state of Mississippi. But we also wanted to make sure we communicated, like, what was legal, what was illegal, and making sure that people felt confident um, in still being able to receive these services. So would you say that part of your mission is education? Oh, definitely. Um, we want to make sure, for instance, um, with the public health emergency, a lot of people who were on met- had Medicaid benefits were unsure of if they were still qualified to receive these services or not. So we did a campaign surrounding um, Medicaid information, letting people know, you know, what where they should call, what site they should go visit, should they update their addresses if they have moved during this time of the pandemic. So a lot of what we do is communicate about, you know, various topics that are related to insurance, reproductive health care, contraceptive access, uh, all those things. One last question for you, Jatoria. When your company first learned that Roe would be overturned, uh, what was the reaction within your company? Was it right back to work? Was it a little bit of shock? Was it a little bit of concern? Talk to me about how those conversations went. We were devastated. Um, It was also very frustrating to be and operate in a state um, that led this movement um, because there's already... Um, limited access or challenges to receiving certain services. So we were definitely 
devastated. However, we just, you know, decided that we would turn our frustration into action. And so that's why a lot of the different projects and initiatives that we have for this year, uh, they were birthed out of the overturn of Roe versus Wade. Jatoria Hunter with Converge, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Coming up, there's more than one way to give your heart away this Valentine's Day. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Valentine's Day is not the only nationally recognized holiday today. February 14th is also National Donor Day, which is meant to highlight the process of organ donation. Data shows nearly 75 people can be helped by just one person that is registered to be an organ and tissue donor. Belinda Lane is the Community Outreach Coordinator for the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency. She tells our Lacey Alexander one way of recruiting potential voters is focusing educational resources on high school students who are of driving age. The largest percent of our registration for um, donors comes through the driver's license stations. So we usually share this information out in those particular age groups um, on a regular basis, especially when school is in, because we're trying to educate students about the importance of organ, eye, and tissue donation. So we also do health fairs. We go to um, a lot of wellness programs. We share in churches, um, a lot of community events, as well as other events. But uh, those are about the gist of what we do. But we'll we'll do Zoom conferences. We'll even share at family reunions if need be, because we want people to know the information and to know how important organ, eye, and tissue donation really is. Absolutely. That's a good segue into my first question for you. Why is it important to educate people on organ donation? What are some of the misconceptions you hear? What are some of the concerns people have about organ donation? Talk to me about some of the most common questions that you get asked at these events. People often think that if you become a registered donor, that for whatever reason, you, if you are in a car accident or some other type accident, that the professionals will not save you, that they'll take those organs and they'll give them to someone else. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. That is the biggest myth that we encounter. But we want people to understand that there's a whole lot of information that goes along with being a donor that you just don't jump up and say, hey, I want to be able to take someone's organ and share it with my sister or share it with my family member. If you're a healthcare professional, that's certainly not the way that it works. 
And so uh, we want to make sure that people understand that even if you register as a donor, you will only um, have three out of a thousand people who can actually be an, a donor. And is there any data on how Mississippi as a state handles or responds to the process of organ donation that you'd like to share with us? Any kind of data you have on how many donors we have, on how many people in Mississippi are helped by donors, just any kind of numbers that you can share with us on how organ donation is handled in our state? Right now in Mississippi, we have over 1,300 people that are currently on the waiting list. One organ donor can save up to eight lives and one tissue donor can save or heal over 75 people. Uh, The other portion of that is that every nine minutes, someone is added to the national waiting list. Every 17 minutes, someone dies waiting for a transplant that doesn't come. So if you want to include uh, all of those numbers, in addition to the fact that Mississippi has around 35% of its population as registered, well, that's well below the national average of 54% of people that can register to be an organ, eye, or tissue donor. So that data you think should be a motivator for Mississippians, we can help people if we decide to register. Absolutely, we can. Our biggest problem is that we believe in the myths and we don't let them get by or we're afraid uh, of something happening to our bodies as a result of death or all of those kind of myths uh, are out there. We're trying very hard to debunk them. The other thing is that so many times um, people will say, well, my grandmother didn't believe in organ donation or my grandfather didn't believe in organ donation. So I'm just going to go with what they were saying. So all of those things um, put a halt on people making the move to become a registered donor. So I absolutely would love for folks to go out, register to be a donor when you're getting your driver's license. And you can now even uh, register to be a, a donor when you're receiving your hunting and fishing license. And you can certainly go online at absolutely any time at registerme.org. Again, it's registerme.org. But we encourage you that when you are getting those licenses, please say yes to the question and become an organ donor. Belinda, thank you so much for your time and helping us uh, learn about this today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Belinda Lane is the Community Outreach Coordinator for the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.